the biggest problem, as you know, Hari, is corporates are big. And when you're big, you have a long onboarding cycle. So, you know, uh, uh, you may have to, some, in some cases, go to, you know, say 15, 18 months, not just the pilots, you know, the inspection, manufacturing, um, dealer acceptance, whatever it is in which, whichever sector. This is hard because our funding needs to match the same. When you have a 15, 18 month sales cycle, and those could be our most exciting solutions, it is tricky to get uh, more investment into supporting this, these kind of startups. Hi, welcome to Forbes India's Startup Fridays, a weekly conversation with accomplished entrepreneurs, VC investors, and other folk who are doing significant work in India's startup ecosystem. You can find a new episode every Friday evening. You can also find us live on Instagram every Friday morning. I'm Hari Arakli, and my guest today is Pratap Raju, founding partner of Climate Collective, an organization that's building a platform to accelerate climate tech startups in India by catalyzing stronger linkages between the startups and large corporate buyers and users of their solutions. Pratap is also the founding partner of a VC fund, Climate Seeds Fund, providing seed stage funding to climate startups. Climate Collective also has a dedicated program to encourage women entrepreneurs in climate tech. Pratap grew up in the US and his early career was as a trader, economist and banker, including in JP Morgan, where he was a power and gas M&A analyst. He came back to India to become an entrepreneur and tried his hand at various things, including starting a film and TV commercials company in Mumbai, where he co-wrote the story and dialogues for a Bollywood comedy starring actress Nandita Das. The birth of his children got him thinking about the world that the next generations would inherit, and that led him to zero in on climate change, and he started Climate Collective in 2016. Here's more from our conversation. So absolutely fantastic to have you with us uh, today, Pratap. So thank you so much for making time for this. Welcome to Start Fridays. Thank you, uh, Hari. I've been looking forward to this for quite a while. It's quite an honor for uh, me and Climate Collective to reach out to your audience. Excellent. I mean, let's just sort of start uh, the simple way. Tell us a bit about uh, your journey, the the path that brought you to Climate Collective. Uh, As I recall, uh, you you grew up in the US. So tell us a bit about all of that, uh, from banker to uh, climate change expert. How did this happen? Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, so I did grow up in the U.S., uh, in Florida. And uh, after college, I was a banker in uh, in New York, J.P. Morgan, power and gas, because that's what middle-class kids yearned for back then, uh, the highest-paying job coming out of college. I thought I would love it. Mm. Uh, I didn't. <laughs> it was not for me. I, did, I, was, I was good at it, but it was just not what I wanted to do. So I uh, um, left in 2000 or 99 to get a degree in uh, development in the UK. And then I wanted to become an entrepreneur. People in the US in the 90s saw India finally differently. There is this land of opportunity. Even as NRIs, we still saw India as different, you know, because growing up um, you know, in your culture is, is what you what you understood from uh, other cultures, even being Indian from background. So I wanted to come to India and become an entrepreneur. So I showed up in Bombay. I uh, didn't know anybody, um, uh, didn't know anyone, and I, I, I did what everyone was supposed to do. I set up an IT company. And in 2001, I was the only IT company in India to fail. 
I think everyone else mm. found success at a boom time. I, it was not for me, and that's the first first lesson in entrepreneurship. Just because it's a boom area doesn't mean it's going to be good for you. So I was in Bombay, and yeah. uh, I didn't have finance. I, I didn't like finance or IT. So what else do you do in Bombay but to go into the film industry? So you didn't miss out one thing. I've been a <laughs> film producer for seven years. Uh, wrote, uh, yeah. uh, co-wrote, and uh, produced the film. Uh, um, a uh, Hindi film or English film back in 2003 called Basin Hi. Nandita Das, a romantic comedy. But I did a lot of ad films, those heartbreak toilet cleaning ads. Finally, I gave up in 2008, going back to the power sector. I was a power banker uh, at, the, at the beginning of the National Solar Mission. Uh, and it was a great opportunity for entrepreneurs. Uh, the, the coal gas sector was not great for, for um, middle class entrepreneurs like us and not family business. So we, we raised money and, and deployed 84 megawatts of solar and wind underground. Uh, it was boom time in in, sol, in in renewables at the beginning of the last decade. But we lost eventually as the bigger guys came in and, and all those mid-sized developers um, just could not compete. During that time, I had a couple of kids mm. and uh, um, that's when climate started to matter. I knew that we all knew about climate. We all read the newspapers, but there was no personal attachment, at least in my case. It came yeah. when kids came. Mm -hmm. I said, this is something that the kids are going to live with. I, and I switched to climate in 2016. And that's when I started Climate Collective, supporting these startups. And the ride has been um, quite interesting since. Mm. Uh, just briefly, uh, you got a degree in uh, development in the UK. Uh, where did you go and what did you specialize in? So, I, uh, yeah, I was in development economics at, at Oxford. Um, so, okay. um, which is a, a good way to, to get into the development world. But unlike most, mm -hmm. I said, let me first, and since I moved to India, let me learn something on the ground first before joining an institution like a World mm -hmm. Bank or type. Mm -hmm. And then the entrepreneurial mm -hmm. bug kind of stuck. So never did eventually make that move to the, uh, uh directly to the development world. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, today, at least, uh, many more people know about climate change it's uh, also something that now i think uh, you know me mainstream media is beginning to pick up on uh, i guess at least in india uh, back when you started uh, doing serious work i think probably specific niche magazines you know like maybe down to earth and others would have been writing about it but i think mainstream media is now really picking up on it so give us a sense of uh, you know what you were seeing when you started working uh, when you started climate change and uh, you know how things are changing now uh, in india in the whole uh, climate cha climate action scene right right I, I, I can just add a quick principle uh, lesson i learned at least about india the last 20 years is things move really fast when you don't expect them and i was in the film business mm -hmm. no one believed corporate the corporate world could come into like disney or tv could come into films when I was in solar in 2011, 12, many corporate uh, leaders would tell me solar wouldn't work in India. Uh, just as we're adding two, three, five thousand megawatts a year, and now, of course, I think sixty thousand odd on the ground already. Uh, when I started in, in supporting startups, specifically in 2016, we ran the first solar hackathon in India, and most people were telling mm -hmm. me this is not the space in India. No one will pay for it. No one will care. Uh, FinTech or EduTech, many other exciting areas in the startup world. And uh, we estimate there was maybe about a hundred startups at that time uh, in India, and, and it was okay. I was there were very few. Uh, there was others, but there were very few, uh, less than a handful, looking at climate startups. 
But something amazing happened in 2019. It exploded. And it exploded uh, um, uh, in a way that even those in the industry did not realize. When you look under the hood, even back then, the actual startups, entrepreneurs working on solutions, many were in climatic areas, you know, energy, water, waste, uh, energy, waste, and, and some in mm -hmm. water as well. Today, as you know, something has changed. Uh, the bandwagon perhaps has shifted drastically globally. Climate tech has, uh, uh, has boomed in terms of fund flows, $60 billion odd, perhaps more than that, including corporate venture capital uh, last year into startups. And in India too, I saw some numbers even this year, early in the month where climate tech startup sector was the largest, at least plurality of investment into startups in India. Now, it's, you know, when we live in the present, everything seems pretty straightforward. But if you just go back three years, this would not have been believable. That's how fast the transformation, both in terms of the entrepreneurs on the ground, the capital looking to support, and of course, the, the demand that's increasing, both from corporates, you know, a lot of B2B solutions are in climate tech, and, and to some degree increasing for our consumer goods as well. When you started out, what was the kind of uh, support? What was the idea? What did you want to do in terms of supporting entrepreneurs? And then maybe you can also talk about uh, how that has evolved to what you're doing today. Yeah. So like most entrepreneurs, I didn't really have a plan, although I had something on paper. Uh, and that's maybe after a little bit of experience being an entrepreneur, what, what plans really mean. It gives you an initial direction. So I, I wanted to do, I wanted to be in a sector that was meaningful for me, that was climate. Um, I had uh, experience working in Europe with, a, with the EU call, uh, program called Climate Kick, which is the world's largest climate innovation platform, about a billion euro of taxpayer money supporting 3,000 climate tech startups, that kind of size. And when I'm in India uh, back in 2016, 17, I know we've never had this support generally for startups, but much less for the climate space, climate tech space. So I just came up with this idea, what if we built something like that, but without money? I mean, it sounds kind of silly because money, you do need money, capital to start many things. So we worked work backwards. Uh, first few years, we had very little support, um, at least financially. We had a lot of uh, other incubators, accelerators, government wanting us to do this, but I'm, I'm talking about just a few like a year was the revenue of, of this uh, organization. And we started getting 2019, to give you a sense, 180 startups in 15 climate accelerators in 2019. But the, the other parts of the ecosystem wasn't quite there yet. You know, that, that's the, the talking about the uh, government grants or, or CSR, et cetera. So we plowed ahead. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's one of those things entrepreneurs do. You have a belief. You believe that if you, if you're, uh, the old saying about the Financial Times maybe is if you read a stock tip in a Financial Times, it's too late. Or maybe if the waiter tells you that old story. Same thing here. We knew that we were early. That's not it. But we saw a lot of transformation globally. We saw the same trends when we talked to in particular corporates, the need for uh, efficiency. Not because of uh, a climate goal in and of itself, because it's positive for the bottom line. And studies have come out for decades, last 30 years, I should say, showing the correlation between sustainability and stock market returns, largely linked to efficiency, uh, gains in efficiency. And then we, uh, so we knew that we were on the right path. You know, entrepreneurs can't predict timing. They cross their bet that you, they, it's close enough, but not too close for us to start building. So, uh, um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So can you delve into this a little bit more in terms of uh, these 180 plus 
startups, uh, accelerators. What are some of the areas in which they were developing solutions, and and uh, you know, how is that coming along today in India? Absolutely. So what, in the initial days, I was largely focused on energy. Naturally, we saw a lot of solutions on energy efficiency. Uh, you know, IoT um, you know, solutions. Some uh, data analytics or robotics and these kind of solutions for renewable energy plants, for example. And that was natural because we started to have a large renewable energy base being developed in the country, and it was a, it was a, a nice fit. Today, uh, in our portfolio, we've we've had about 720 startups join our accelerators, over 45 accelerators. So it's actually we have a much broader picture of what's happening on the ground. Many changes, especially circular economy, has seen uh, a dramatic increase in, uh, uh, in, in startups on the ground. Um, uh, so, you know, if we're talking about what kind of solutions, sorry, we're having a power problem. Um, it'll stop in a second. So we're talking about, let's sure. say, in waste, you, you know, of course, you have uh, new kind of technologies coming in, in recycling. That's not very strong where India is India's not very strong, in especially, um, you know, let's say uh, um, uh, material science, at least solutions coming to the ground. We see a lot of data solutions, even in plastics. We see, you know, there's a recent, for example, uh, credit that's come out for plastic waste, similar to the carbon credits. So we're seeing technologies, platforms come up to kind of get more capital into uh, uh, solutions that reduce plastic waste. In the, uh, uh, we're see increasingly seeing climate and risk solutions. Now that means, for example, uh, financial institutions have a, uh, a risk that in their portfolio currently that they uh, perhaps need to understand better. They may, you see our real estate companies have to make decisions where to build new portfolios or not. And this requires a better look at the climate risk that's involved. So we're, we're seeing solutions come there. And if you look wider out, a lot more solutions in agri-tech when it comes to, to water using satellite decision-making technologies or IT sensors on the ground or both, which is, which is quite good. You can, for example, detect pest incidents in a large area much faster using satellite data uh, than, than physically you know, detecting it on the ground and organizing to, to uh, find this. So when we talk about what we're seeing on the ground, the first thing is it is broad. You know, we're sometimes used to the term climate tech when I talk to people, especially before people think, oh, climate change. But what about uh, EVs or what about plastic waste? So the, climate, the term climate tech also has changed quite a bit. And it does go through many domains now, um, 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 you know, energy side, uh, electric vehicles, plastic waste, sustainable consumption, many solutions, technology and green businesses are coming up in, in sustainable consumption marketplaces, uh, et cetera, recycling, which normally is uh, more less technology and more green businesses coming up across the country in, in, in hundreds or even thousands of uh, micro importers now, and that will uh, accelerate. Uh, as I mentioned, data side, people are exploring blockchain to figure out how to get uh, carbon credits to a much wider uh, audience. That's called, you know, regenerative finance. So it is quite broad and it's quite exciting to see um, what's happening in India. Mm. Okay, so pretty uh, encouraging, I would say, on the surface of it. Uh, but I mean, you, you have a deep background in finance and development um, and entrepreneurship. So give us sort of the 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 big picture feel for what the real opportunity is in India in terms of uh, climate tech today. I mean, I guess very very broadly, the idea is 
prevent carbon from getting into the atmosphere or take it out of it and so you you need real physical solutions for these two things so uh, so yeah and so in that context as well give us the the big picture opportunity in india right right and uh, i think one uh, one thing to keep in mind is that uh, today people are looking for solutions and that that does change everything what are these needs these needs are often on resource efficiency now uh, you mentioned uh, how you, you know people taking carbon in and out when we look at climate tech sometimes we start with we don't talk about carbon kind of strange we talk about uh, uh, what is the uh, resources or value to clients i normally i'm also a startup coach so i normally start with this idea what is the biggest for example circular economy startup in the world and people are not sure but they, we all know it uh, uber what does uber do it it takes existing mm-hmm. stock of in this case cars re uh, increases asset utilization to prevent more manufacturing of cars that's as circular as you get so when we when we and but no one talks about uber in the in the language of climate change or circular economy etc so in the same way we don't either what we do talk about is how do we improve either energy efficiency or or support the environment one of the benefits of course especially on energy is is climate change and that's only one part of the puzzle the other one is is circular economy when we talk about impact on the environment so um um the big picture is today uh and this is for the entrepreneur uh, uh audience in particular is there is an increasing demand for solutions from with paying customers on the ground india's mostly b2b meaning mm. corporates and sometimes government mostly corporates the uh, the consumer side is still uh relatively speaking relatively speaking to the outside india lagging behind but today uh all the corporates i look for are looking for solutions there is not a um should i should i not and one other way we know this is the 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 on the corporate side the people asking for solutions is the operations team so you know it's it's quite different csr foundation that was really a big supporter of environment you know especially other kind of projects like tree planting etc in the past today the operations team are looking for solutions process efficiency of course uh fleet ev fleets are uh save money for corporates uh and you mentioned hari that you know the physical solutions we need them. in fact that is where we do need quite a bit of physical invention you know physical uh solutions we also <clears throat> need also data solutions as well if you look at some of the solutions in a recent accelerator rerun called ai for climate you know um now many <clears throat> of the solutions were on how do you use data around logistics to reduce carbon impact uh, footprint drastically with very little impact on costs or our our efficiency or delivery and that's pretty amazing because mm. these solutions can be implemented on the ground quickly and can be adopted relatively easily so we're seeing both a mix of data and physical mention uh coming to the market yeah mm. uh, just to round out the picture uh, on one other aspect is the funding has changed drastically as well now now you know um even 2019 right before covid i was talking with one of the largest angel networks in india this is 2019 they were telling me the number one interest number one interest of their angel investors members was in sustainability even in 2019 and their internal fund 50% was in climate tech so it hasn't percolated too much mm-hmm. in the in the in the ecosystem yet how much interest there is to support climate startups and i shared some data about earlier in the year that even fact for plurality of some some months uh, went into climate tech 
I think also the, the support for entrepreneurs to try and innovate has been has never been like this too as well. Mm. Okay, uh, let's talk a bit more about Climate Collective itself. I mean, so in the in the backdrop of this opportunity today, tell us about the the main uh, sort of components of Climate Collective and what does each unit uh, do? Right, right. So when we started, we started as a hackathon. That's how, you know, in 2016. Um, but very quickly, we had a plan in 2018 what an ecosystem is need, what kind of ecosystem is needed in India for climate tech. And that picture we created, and when I look at back four years or five years later, we literally haven't changed uh, uh, more than five or seven percent of that. Partially because the startup ecosystem, startup growth uh, uh, cycle is w- relatively well known. We just need to find the resources for the different stages of startup journey. So right now, we can still continue to run a lot of accelerators. We just recently, as I mentioned, ran an accelerator for uh, AI for climate. Uh, we are currently running the UNDP Youth Collab to get more, um, you know, uh, younger entrepreneurs, is about, you know, six, 18 to 29, who have climate solutions to the market. We just finished an adaptation resilience program with the UK government CDC group. Um, uh, it's a new area where more more startups are looking at an adaptation versus mitigation, which means reducing carbon adaptations. What if the world changes like water scarcity? How do we adapt? Um, uh, and we, we run a deployment programs, for example, like Electron Vibe, our third challenge is currently going on. We've been supporting discoms in India, getting energy solutions to pilot with them, fault detection, or maybe you know drone inspection of transmission lines. These are these are problems that discoms face, and today's solutions are very exciting uh, for the discoms to explore. And we've had some success since 2020 in getting pilots. Other one last example: we're running a uh, um, a plastic waste deployment program uh, with Taj Hotels here in Goa to alternatives to plastic as well as um, uh, reusable containers. Major problem, uh, not just you know F and B. FMCG, but all of India faces is what do we do with all this plastic? So we continue on accelerators, but uh, recently we've focused on the funding side. So our own fund, Climate Seeds, is about to launch uh, our first investment in the next two months, and it's to support early stage startups uh, in the pre-Series A. Pre-Series A is a, a very it's a moving uh, field always, especially in a nation sector like like climate. But it's between uh, four to ten CR plus. Uh, our fund comes in uh, uh, to invest as well as syndicate deals largely from our own pipelines. But we have been uh, focusing on other ways, like for example, uh, last year we got funding to support, uh, to build up an angel network called Climate Angels Network. So every month we have a pitch event to let many uh, more people come in and and we're seeing um, local funds. Uh, If you tell me a large fund in India, there's an interest in climate. Increasingly climate um, um, only dedicated funds have been coming up in India. There's regional funds and global funds whose scope now includes investment in India, including some of the big CVC corporate uh, VC, CVCs as well. So that angel network has also mm-hmm. been active for about the last one year in bringing more deals to the market. And we recently got funded uh, from uh, uh, Andy, Aspen Network and IKEA to uh, set up a retail crowdfunding platform because there's so much exciting uh, solutions on the ground. Uh, not often everyone has friends and family. So up to 1.5 CR, this platform, kind of like other you know, retail crowdfunding platforms and other startup domains, we do hope more capital comes in uh, to support um, even earlier stage startups. 
Now that's that's mainly what we do is acceleration and funding support, but we've thought about an ecosystem. Uh, maybe people have seen our research that we've co-authored last year with India Impact Investor Council to understand how to invest in contact uh, startups. We do run masterclasses every month to get more investors who are interested in investing in cleantech and learning what the domain means, where exits come from, technical challenges. Um, we do we run events um, like Climate Startup Week every September. I think it's the largest climate tech investment, uh, climate tech startup event each year. About a thousand people come over about 19 events last year, for example. So we, we really have gone from a really first hackathon in 2016 to a really, uh, I think, an integrated ecosystem approach, not just in in, in Accelerate's funding, but even thinking of all the other ways that community needs to be built, uh, research needs to be brought in to, to influence uh, industry, government. And uh, you, you had mentioned at the very beginning, um, we have been working on a, um, a deployment platform in energy, but we are coming out with a very large corporate challenge platform for corporates uh, in, in decarbonization in September as well. Mm. And this is the missing link, perhaps. Whenever you talk about any startup ecosystem, oftentimes you see excitement on the entrepreneurs and early stage funding, but it's the linkage, yeah. especially to, to, to corporates and the revenues that come that yeah. often needs uh, support or, or, or is a blockage that um, is, is today's need in climate tech. Mm. Mm-hmm. And and you also have a, a sort of a focused uh, effort to encourage women in climate change, in climate action, and climate tech, right? And I got a chance to learn a little bit about that. And tell us about what's happening there. Right, right. And, 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 and the bigger picture there is that we do believe that uh, entrepreneurs need to come from everywhere. One of the challenges for climate tech is going to be adoption, right? And, and oftentimes in the past, uh, you know, startups, especially funding for startups, would be concentrated in a few cities and, or a few big universities. Climate tech, our technical base is quite spread out. Our problems are quite spread out. And our goal is to try to get as many entrepreneurs from as diverse a community as possible. One thing we saw in 2018-19 is that only about 8% of our startups in our, in our overall portfolio were, had women-led founders. So we started to uh, mm-hmm. uh, develop this program called Women in Climate Entrepreneurship since 2019. We got some support from Carol Startup Mission. Um, we have support from Good Energy Foundation, which has been doing great work here in India as well. This program is to uh, both support early stage women-led startups in, in energy and climate, as well as to increase the number of women who are interested in entrepreneurship in, in, in climate space as well. So in that case, uh, we have a couple mm. of programs. One focus, for example, on women in master's and PhD programs to in STEM, who are looking at not not just research mm. roles but even entrepreneurship through these six-week uh, simulated case studies that we um, work with them. We're getting great reception because there is such a demand in this space um, uh, for climate, first generally, but also for increasing women who are especially uh, interested in entrepreneurship, and it's great to see. Today, from a, I mentioned an 8% number, I think we saw our portfolio uh, just recently, it, that number is now 38% um, of our portfolio, wow, okay. over 72, 720 startups. Um, so it is, it is uh, not just because of us, but many others, of course, we are seeing uh, a, a much more balanced uh, perf- um, uh, ecosystem coming up. Still needs work. Mm. Still many, many barriers. Mm. Mm. Okay, so sort of a natural follow-on question. What are some of the 
biggest go-to-market challenges uh, entrepreneurs face in India, especially in the climate scene? Yeah, yeah. Um, all domains have their specific uh, problems. In our case, most of the climate space, not all of it, most of it is B2B, uh, uh, mainly because I think we need another 10 or 15 years of consumer awareness, understanding uh, to, mm. to drive consumer action. But that's fine. Uh, B2B mm. is what we have now. Um, the biggest problem, as you know, Hari, is corporates are big. And when you're big, you have a long onboarding cycle. So, you know, uh, uh, you may have to, some, in some cases, go to, you know, say 15, 18 months, not just the pilots, you know, the inspection, manufacturing, um, dealer acceptance, whatever it is in which, whichever sector. This is hard because our funding needs to match the same. Uh, funding is very peculiar in that uh, it's not peculiar. It's, 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 it's perhaps natural to look for signals and signals come from sales. They come from partnerships or they come from something. When you have a 15, 18 month sales cycle and those could be our most exciting solutions, it is tricky to get uh, more investment into supporting this, these kind of startups. So that, that by far, I believe, uh, and many, I think most would agree in today's, um, uh, climate uh, ecosystem in India is building more bridges to, to more corporates and, and maybe more uh, uh, governments as well who are looking for solutions. And, I, you know, um, we've been doing this with utilities, as I mentioned in this program, Electron Bike, since 2020, you know, with groups like uh, Taj Hotels, IHCL in Plastic Waste, and, and in, with ULBs last year with um, GIZ and uh, Alliance in Plastic Waste with a couple of ULBs in uh, North India. And, and so on. Um, what I hear from the demand side, from the corporates and sometimes the uh, municipalities and governments is, is where are the solutions? We, we, we want the solutions. We, we think that the solutions, we have these problems. We think that the solutions may help. We have trouble either finding them or sometimes, as you know, um, you know, innovation with startups is new to many corporates or governments. You know, oftentimes the teams that are built incentive structures so some of the challenges are also internal to corporates uh, and, and governments. How do I work with a startup? You know, uh, you know, what's my incentive? You know, the 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 old saying in the back in the day when I was growing up uh, in the U.S., you can never get fired for for hiring IBM. It didn't matter that the project failed; your job was secure. Part of that is a key factor when it comes to innovation working with startups because incentive structures are not aligned. That's that's the reality around the world, not just in India. So it does take time to get that management support to build these corporate innovation teams to make sure that that it becomes attractive spaces for corporate uh, for for uh, professionals there to to work with startups. And oftentimes uh, this is not a one-off. So you have to have that resources and commitment over the next three, five, ten years to embrace more innovation from the startup ecosystem. So we're in early days here in India. Uh, yeah. There are some, of course, great corporates who are, are ahead of others, but most are at this first steps of, let me see what it means to work with a startup, who in my team can, you know, um, um, learn how to work with startups. Oftentimes it's a double capacity. Someone in R&D also looks at startups. Um, so they're still, still transitioning to a team. Some of these teams that work with startups, maybe only one person, two person, two person teams today um, but I'm pretty hopeful because I do see the, the 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 interest from at least in the past why they're looking for startups it's not because it's good for the environment it is good for the environment it's because it helps the corporates 
And nothing is more, nothing is more powerful mm -hmm. than the bottom line to align interests. And um, as I give you the example of Uber in circular economy, it does not matter that someone wants Ola or Uber for a taxi ride. It's good for the environment. There's less taxis, uh, new taxis coming on the road, for example. So that alignment is, is increasingly getting there that we see. That's interesting. I mean, just as an aside, have you actually come across uh, independent studies that have measured the carbon neutrality impact of uh, Uber or Ola? No, uh, but, uh, you know, the, when, you, when you look at circular economy models, you know, you're looking at what kind of, what is the basic principle of circular economy, for example, is is increasing asset utilization, reducing throughput, material throughput, meaning extracting from the environment mm. to build more cars, which is mm. cars require resources from nature, etc. But that is sort of, uh, um, um, I, I use it as kind of loosely from the size of Uber because one way we measure impact, which is different from the past, is scale. You know, um, if you had something that had a minor scale, but it was a minor impact, but scalable, it, it has a great impact on the environment. So uh, solutions like all Uber naturally have reached a scale that's, that's tremendous today, especially when we talk about startups, um, you know. Um, and, you know, uh, Hari, I often ask people about this as well, because people are wondering uh, how, how big can climate tech startups come and hence impact. Uh, what is the biggest climate tech startup in the world? If I, mean, if I ask you this question, what would you say? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's that's pretty common. But in fact, we talk, we probably talk about this company every day for the last 10 years, uh, Tesla. Tesla, that EV mm. startup in, 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 in uh, Pune, Bangalore probably looked exactly like Tesla in 2004 or five, right? Um, but that's what, that's what happens when, when climate tech becomes mainstream or Uber, we forget the, the impact they could have on our environment because then we, we're talking about consumer value or business value. And that's the right alignment um, 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 for climate. I saw a study uh, from in, uh, International Energy um, Authority or agency, IEA, and it's quite uh, interesting. If we want to get to net zero by 2070 globally, net zero carbon emissions, um, 30 or 40 percent of the solutions uh, don't exist today. And if we want net 50, it's a slightly more too, of course, because of a faster pace. This is the need for innovation uh, it, to make these paths easier. People used to ask me um, uh, what you know the. Um, what solar was like, I was a solar developer for seven years, six years before a solar wind developer. When solar prices were high, there was not much private demand. When solar prices were below the grid, uh, demand started to increase. And that is where uh, the role of innovation could take place, startups. It's not meant to say, of course, we need capital, we need political leadership, we need social change, values change, all this stuff. But innovation and entrepreneurship in particular uh, can help make these paths either easier, lower cost, easier to adopt, or different, even different business models that are needed to to uh, get the solutions or, or new ways of doing things on the ground. So that's that's where um, uh, it's quite mm. exciting today. Mm. Okay, uh, I'm going to make a couple of points, and and I want to know what you think about them. The first one is. If you look at uh, the software IT services industry, we have a massive workforce and we have a massive pipeline as well. Uh, in the case of climate tech, 
largely everything require needs to be real physical hardware solutions of course software will play a role but you know in controlling these products and so on but we actually need physical things to make this difference so do you see that there is uh, you know evidence of an adequate talent pipeline in india of the kind of engineering talent that we'll need and and people who have the know how to actually uh, invent or seriously innovate uh, these products that's that's one point the second point is uh, so again if you look at these sort of technological cycles around the world i mean whether you take for example semiconductors uh, or uh, the internet uh itself india has largely missed the bus right in terms of developing the core technologies or playing a role in developing those core technologies i mean today we are talking about intel setting up a small foundry in south india uh whereas those kinds of investments are kind of routinely happening in the us uh and in the case of infrastructure i mean you know many experts say that the underlying infrastructure no like a sim- like a simple case is like for example the browser uh we don't have that although at the next higher levels we have fantastic entrepreneurs who built amazing startups out of india uh so are we again sort of facing this danger where we don't have uh entrepreneurs who have you know who can locally build uh this body of know how and intellectual property that's in an area that's probably going to eclipse everything else that's come before right all right good question um uh when i was first starting off i i was a coach um sort of coaching client here but also in switzerland uh and other places and in switzerland uh out of the 10 startups in this one program in 2017 eight were uh, postdocs transferring uh, their tech, their 10 to 12 years of uh, research into amazing startups uh, you know with, uh, with strong material science or other areas that we with that we don't see so much in India i think that's what you're alluding to here mm. that's that's one so um now when i come to india for example uh when i try to work with researchers is very difficult because it's a bit much more rigid to get research basic research which we do you know in all areas you know but in, in many areas in technical institutes for the last 50 70 years out of institutes uh, and it's a, it's a, it's it's something that uh, we don't see now i'm talking about two different things one is the actual basic science research or you know and the second is how do you make it into a startup format so you can create businesses that that dominate key aspects of yeah um i know the government is very interested in this because they are looking at getting more innovation out of out of technical institutes to the market in in different formats uh this will take time you know this is not a straightforward one but i do want to add that unlike uh, i think for example in my space i know like uh um you know we feared what happens if all the uh, module manufacturing happened in um uh, china we lost our ability to become key players as most everyone everywhere else has what would happen to our solar business now solar is a uh, upstream business and it powers many many things right now we may have lost that aspect but but maybe we may still have benefited at least that in that case um you know costs have come down now that's a key question for industry you know industrial policy 
I would say that when we look at climate, there's no silver bullet. There's no key area. There's no Intel chip or, or what's the other big one, Qualcomm or, you know, with IP that controls like telecom, you know, uh, patents. And there are, there are thousands or hundreds or thousands of different areas where we need transformation. So climate tech is a wide term where we're talking about transforming industry, you know, transforming cities, et cetera. So there will be a tremendous amount of space. Now, not just in, the, in in certain key technologies, like especially material science, et cetera, where there's tremendous value. Now, I'll leave it to others to talk about, well, well how do we create leadership roles in, in key basic science areas to, to make sure that the technologies are developed here? What I do believe is two things. One is there is, it's unlike in solar, there's much more space that comes that flows from it, where we can create business value. Mm. Two, India can play a role globally from the same in a lot of our applied engineering skills. In fact, when I was a solar developer and uh, so, uh, we had a Chinese partner, China-based partner come, and he was just un un amazed at our, in this, in this one case, the, the efficiency of cost that we, that we built solar plants. You know, it says at half their BOS plant balance systems cost, not the modules or inverters, uh, that China can do around the world, right? Now, someone, you know, leaving aside whether who should, what part of the value chain we should play in or not, we have tremendous capabilities. And a lot of the word I use is transformation. Transformation is partially IP, but a lot of that value is how do you create business models, engineering talent, maybe engineering mixed with IT talent, and these solutions can be imported. I'm seeing more of these satellite um, uh, platforms, decision-making platforms in agriculture from India go to Africa. I'm seeing some start to compete in Europe uh, in tenders over there. Um, I, I think it's. I think there's there's at least from what I can see, at least from the startup world, leaving aside what I said about industrial policy, there is a lot of opportunities for for for, for not just startups but for for companies to to embrace innovation coming out of India, both for India and in the region, and sometimes even globally. Hmm. If you look at uh, what's happening in the uh, climate tech startup scene in India, in and of course, overall the climate action as it as it is today. Uh, what are the things, uh, developments that give you, uh, you know, you know, a level of optimism? And and what are what are some of the trends or things that are missing uh, that really kind of worry you? Right, right. Um, I alluded to the first point already, and the uh, the, the change in attitudes from corporates and business to solutions. You know, uh, and these are all mm. the uh, lines of bottom line uh, impact. This is a great fit for uh, driving more, more um, innovation, capital, and growth for our startups here in India. This is this is something that uh, will take time, but this is in the order of magnitude of of three to seven years, not not a decade later, et cetera, because of the number of players, number of corporates, the time it takes to build. Deployment platforms for corporates to internally reorganize, restructure all this stuff. This is where I see a lot of positive. Otherwise, what happens? I've seen, for example, is a lot of capital comes in to support startups, but the growth does not come. The revenues don't come, you know, and then and then your ecosystem falls back. In the old days, that used to happen in biotech. There's old days, maybe forty years ago, you'd get a biotech boom, all this capital. It just couldn't as much take off. It would crash, more capital coming. It was never as self-sustaining. Recently, it's different from, mm. I'm talking about the 80s and 90s. 
in particular. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm, that gives me the biggest hope. Maybe in terms of um, you know, the risks, there are certain areas of climate and climate tech that do involve government and government regulations. Right? You can't live without it, especially I'm talking about waste. And there are, of course, uh, evolving um, regulation coming out, like in, in EPR, Extended Producer Responsibility, that can drive a lot of innovation in startups. You know, uh, again, can drive uh, adoption, et cetera, if, if government um, uh, does put their policies in place reasonably. From what I see so far, uh, there's been a lot of thought in this process so far. It's always a balance. You cannot... You can't ban anything in India without replacement because it falls apart, you know, uh, uh, quickly. I think there's a ban coming up, coming up in single-use plastic. And where I live, there's as much single-use plastic I saw from at least at the consumer level as when I uh, saw one year back. So there is going to be challenges. There is going to be setbacks. So that's what would be the biggest worry because sometimes, uh, especially, um, um, uh, you know, talk about climate change, but... It's the waste area that uh, waste and, and, and the circular economy that it could be as important for us. You know, we're running out of space, you know, landfills, the amount of plastic waste that's coming to the oceans, you know, always people worry about tipping points. When does it become accumulating enough that it comes even into our own, you know, human lives, systems internally, et cetera. Um, uh, I would only say that, uh, that the, the way that the government over the last few years, last 10 years, uh, or maybe five or seven years, has been quite encouraging for those who are in the uh, uh, startup world or support the startup world in that the design, the policy design has been much more thoughtful to balance these risks. Okay. Okay. Let's end by bringing it back to Climate Collective itself. Uh, over the next, uh, I don't know, 12 months, 18 months, two years, uh, what are your next uh, biggest priorities? Right. Uh, thank you. Uh, um, good way to end for us. Quick little bit of self-promotion. This ecosystem now is quite large um, uh, in terms of startups, and that's very encouraging. We estimate 2,500 startups, climate tech startups in India today. Um, you know, we've done a formal study for the end of 2020. We're about to relaunch uh, reports. So this is a pretty good number. That's quite amazing from remember, uh, when I started. I mentioned about 100 startups back in 2016, uh, and it's only increasing. So today our focus is, is increasingly strengthening the capital side, early stage capital. We do see that that capital is being formed. We do see that there's interest. It's especially in later stage, Series A and above, because some of these organizations, our funds, our, our, our CVCs are already set up where we could see uh, where Economy Collective could, could help and where we are going to focus is in the pre-Series A and the pre c this is where, uh, for example, I want to invest in this battery technology and put in 25 lakh, 50 lakh. I don't have the background. I don't have the time to understand, do a technical due diligence on this thing. It's different when you're putting in $10 million. You'll hire, you'll hire someone. This, this is where uh, I think some of the platforms that I mentioned earlier. In fact, we have a new technical due diligence service for climate coming out that's funded by Lemelson Foundation. So we're quite excited to, to help more investors early stage solve these problems. So, uh, um, but I'm pretty uh, confident when I talk to many other investors that this, this problem will be solved in the next two, three years, getting sufficient capital to exciting uh, innovations early stage on the ground. And we hope to be a big part of that through our funding, uh, funding platforms. The other one is deployment. 
you know, we've, um, are, we are launching a, a corporate decarbonization platform called uh, climatechallenges.live. It's a growth of our um, Electron Vibe platform for discounts to a wider set of in, uh, you know, IPPs, solar IPPs, wind IPPs, as well as industry itself. So to reduce their, their, their search costs, ability to work with startups, get those first pilots in before buy-in can really be done internally by corporates to scale up. Um, so these, these two areas, I think, uh, is, is both for where we're focusing and where we, I think, um, the ecosystem needs to put as much effort as possible is, is, is engaging with, um, uh, more people to see what's on the ground, either through funding or, or taking up pilots. Excellent. Uh, really heartening to know that, you know, thousands of entrepreneurs are jumping in to tackle this problem in India and there are folks like you to support them and grow the network uh, at a very, at a time of some serious urgency. Uh, more power to you and others like you, Pratap. And thank you so much again for making time for this conversation. Uh, it's been truly educational for me, for sure. And definitely hope to keep the conversation going. Yeah, thank you, Hari. I mean, I, I do want to thank Forbes because one of our key goals is to spread the message that, that there are solutions on the ground. Um, there is positive hope in this. You know, um, you know, we know that people want to find solutions or make some change that we all need for the future that we want. So thank you for um, this uh, opportunity as well. Fantastic. Wonderful conversation. That was uh, Mr. Pratap Raju, uh, founding partner at uh, Climate Collective. That's it for this week's Startup Fridays. Wherever you've been watching us and listening to us, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. We'll be back next week uh, with another guest uh, on Startup Fridays. Until then, have a wonderful Friday and a great weekend ahead.